Good evening. It is Tuesday, December 6th, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show post, live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans from the perspective of fans presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg. I'm joined this evening by two of my partners in crime, and we may get a third one then. What's going on, J3? How you feeling this evening? What's up, Big Ridge? What's up, Professor Jay? Hey, Jalen. <laughs> we got the Professor and Jalen in the building. What's going on, Professor? How you feeling, my brother? Hey, what's up, brothers? I got to correct you a little bit, Big Ridge. You got two and a half of your partners in crime. <laughs> <laughs> let's praise the Lord and let's get into some sports. What's up, fellas? What's happening? All right, let's do it. This evening, we're going to give you our quick hits. We're going to talk a lot of football. We're going to talk NCAA College Football Conference Championship Week. And then we got to get to the NFL Week 13. We're going to finish you up with our final post of the evening. But as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy post on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. Fellas, the World Cup is keep keeping on, keeping on. Um, our U.S. team, they fought gallantly. But Saturday, they, they lost to a more veteran team, lost to the Netherlands 3-1. to one. But I think it was a great run for the second youngest team in the tournament. And considering we didn't even make the World Cup four years ago, for them to get out the uh, first round and get to the knockout round was a big, big feat to me. What would y'all think? So in my opinion, my only concern was, and I and I, I believe I said this last week, was about the 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 uh, scoring as well as the personnel. I don't know if we utilized our bench like we could have to produce more points. And we know one point, I mean, one goal is not enough if you want to win the the cup. And again, that's what hurt them: lack of scoring. Yeah, you you said it well, Big Reg. I I just like. And, and same to you, J3. I just like the fact that, yeah, four years ago, we weren't even in the dance. You know, I was disappointed at their showing in the first match, but then I thought they showed a little bit of grit and fight. But to your point, we didn't pull out our whole arsenal, but they're young. So the the veterans like Alexi Lalas and Donovan, you know, they were emotional after the loss, but they made some good points. You know, being young, learning experience, these guys would be around for the long haul, and I think that's a good point in the right direction for the USA men's team. Yeah, I think the goal for the coaching staff, because I think the coaching staff was a direct a result of why our scoring was limited. I think that goal was to prove that these young boys could be on the field and defensively hold up against some of the best teams in the world. So their focus was to be on defensively sound. Now, if they keep that defensively soundness and add some scoring by the next World Cup, they're going to be a problem to deal with. Uh, but as we said, they lost. They move on. The World Cup is to the final eight. The final eight includes the defending champion, France, who looks real good. Uh, Argentina, Argentina with Lionel Messi. Uh, Brazil with Neymar. Uh, Portugal. Um, 
Portugal had a big win, but they had some issues today. Uh, their biggest star got put on a bench and didn't get in till late in the game. Mm. Uh, R- Ronaldo has been uh, running out his welcome all around the world. He, he's been basically kicked out of three uh, clubs for his regular season duty, and now Portugal is even tired of dealing with him. So it, it, the rumor is he's supposed to be going to Saudi Arabia for a huge bag, something crazy like 100 to $200 million a year to go play for them. Go take the money and run and just go away because people don't want to deal with you. England's still in it. Morocco's still in it. And Croatia, they were just the final eight. And like Professor said, we played a defensive game with England and kept them to zero zero. England's in the final eight. So again, they keep that defensive mindset and improve the offense. They can make a big run in 2026. And that World Cup is in North America, Canada, US, and Mexico. So I think that's what they're pushing forward. In boxing news, when Juan Franco Estrada defeated Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez by majority decision with one judge ruling it a tie, and the other two had it 115, 113, 116, 12. So another close fight. These guys have been in it with each other for 36 rounds, and it's still too close to call as far as who's the better fighter. Um, technically, uh, Strada's up two to one, but one, one of his victories was a controversial split decision win that he got that a lot of people think Chocolatito won. So there's a possibility we could see this fight round four. I told you the Tyson Fury fight wasn't going to be worth watching unless you're just a Tyson Fury fan. And he easily uh, dismissed his challenger, Derek Chisor, for the third time with the 10th round TKO. But this Saturday, fellas, there are three separate title fight cards for the fight fans out there that listen. Uh, The first one that you can catch is the Josh Warrington versus Lewis Alberto Lopez for Warrington's IBF featherweight title. That's coming from England on the zone. So that's going to be Saturday afternoon. Then later in the night, you've got a loaded card coming from New York City from Madison Square Garden with headlined by Tiafimo Lopez in his second fight at 140 pounds. He takes on Sander Martin. But they got three other fights with young up-and-coming title-contending type fighters that are going to be on that card. That's going to be packed. And then my favorite fighter to watch, Terrence Bud Crawford, defends his uh, WBL welterweight championship against David Avasanya on a pay-per-view at 10 p.m. So he got some good fights coming up. And these are going to be the last big fights until we go into 2023. Y'all, either y'all going to be able to check out any of them or any of them catch you. Your, your dander want to you know see what happens. Yeah, maybe I sneak over to your house. <laughs> hey, the door is open, bro. <laughs> Just let me know you're on your way. I'll be here. I will be here. Uh, for you people who like the other combat sport, UFC 282, the last major card of 2022 for UFC, has their pay-per-view event also Saturday night. Uh, this card kind of fell apart a little bit, uh, but it is going to be headlined by Jan Blakovich, who's a former 
champion against Magomedov and Kaliev uh, for the vacated light heavyweight title. Um, this Magomedov is another one of those guys just coming over that if they get a hold of you, cancel Christmas because it's chances are you not they're not gonna let you go unless the end of the round ends or you tap out. So. Mm. And lastly, for the baseball fans out there, Major League Winter Meeting started this week. There already been some big signings. The biggest one, uh, former Dodgers shortstop signed with the Phillies, Trey Turner, who also is a former national, won a national title. So he came back toward the East Coast after going out to the Dodgers, signed an 11-year, $300 million deal to join Bryce Harper, one of his buddies. Wow. That's right. The Mets lost their pitcher, Jacob DeGrom, to the Texas Rangers. He signed a crazy five-year, $185 million deal to sign with the Rangers. So what do the Mets do? They signed pitcher Justin Verlander, who's going to turn 40. So then they gave him a two-year deal. But it's two years, $86.66 million. He made a $43.33 million a year. Him and uh, Schwarzer have the same contract. So... Highest per annual contract in Major League Baseball history. Uh, Astros signed first baseman Jose Abreu to a three-year, $58.5 million year. The New York Yankees re-signed first baseman Anthony Rizzo to a three-year, $51 million deal. Uh, The Dodgers and pitcher Clayton Kershaw re-signed for one year, $70 million, which seems like cheap, but I think just he just didn't want to leave L.A., so he took a – friendly deal so but of course the biggest ones that we are looking for to come is to see what's going to happen with Aaron Judge uh, he's the biggest name on there and there are a few other big people out there to sign but that's what's going on we'll keep you up to date alright fellas we got to talk about college football uh, there was two huge news stories besides the games this week in college football. The first one started late Wednesday and was officially announced Thursday. The college presidents and chancellors have officially approved an expansion of the college football playoff system from four teams to 12 teams. It starts in the 24-25 season. So we've got this college football playoffs and one more for 23-24, and then it goes to the big 12 team. About time. That's right. That's what I say, J3. About time. Both of y'all think that's a good move for college football? Not just a money grab? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you got to realize, look look at how many different conferences conferences there are. And you're going to tell me that you're only limited to four teams that can actually compete for a championship? That doesn't make any sense. Right. And think about it. Everybody's been on upset alert this year. But think about where Alabama is right now. Had they been allowed back into a playoff mix, it's possible that they could run the table and win it all, even with two losses. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm one of the biggest Alabama fans out there. Definitely the biggest one on this show. Mm-hmm. And I think Alabama is one of the best four teams currently left mm-hmm. in the college football this year. But I don't think they belonged in the playoffs this year. And they did it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just me. 
I think, I guess my next question is, do you legitimately think more than four teams could win a national championship in any given year? Or if it's, if it's more than four, how many really is it? Because I think at the max, you might have five, maybe six if you're pushing it. So these other six teams are just money grabbing and to appease some of the other lower conferences. Yeah, I was thinking six max. And yeah, I think Alabama, I think you can make an argument that Tennessee could still run the table. And then people are thinking that TCU is still legit. So, I mean, I would include all of them, you know, to be able to compete for a title this year. So I think opening up to 12 teams, I mean, it didn't have to be 12. It could at least been eight, I think, six to eight, and that would have sufficed. But 12 really gives no excuse for anybody to say that the best teams across the country weren't in there. You got the power fives, you got the mid majors, like everybody can now have some representation and then that'll just shut everybody up in that mix. I got you. I got you. Cause you know, you know, Notre Dame can slide up in that 12. <laughs> you know, as an independent. So yeah, they could make some noise. I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the difference between them doing a four-team playoff and this 12-team playoff is $450 million a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a lot of money for from TV and streaming contracts, so that's why they push to do it. So it's done. So we get to enjoy it starting 24, 25, and then you'll have teams 13, 14, and 15 complaining that they should have been in it. <laughs> but you we know how that goes. The second biggest story, and I got really, really, really strong opinion on this story, but I'm going to let y'all give me y'all's first, is Coach Deion Sanders leaves Jackson State to his second sweat title in a row goes undefeated this year, and after the game, then announces that he's accepted the job to become the next head coach at the University of Colorado and that he's going to be bringing most of his staff with him and most of his top players, including his sons, uh, and his top recruits that he had scheduled to come into Jackson State. Now, this is an historic hire, folks. Coach Prime will be the first HBCU coach ever hired to coach a FCS, FBS school, football bowl school, first ever. And he did it in reality two and a half years because mm -hmm. the first season was the COVID season when only played six games, six or seven games, and he didn't come till like January. So – it's a huge move, but my question to you guys is, oh, before I get to that, another thing that Coach Prime did was, even though he's accepted this job to Colorado, he's already had the press conference, he told the people of Colorado, my job's not finished. So he's going to coach Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl, which is December 17th, which is the unofficial HBCU National Black Championship because that's the game they lost last year. And he says we have unfinished business. And his players are going to play in that game that have already agreed to transfer. <laughs> so he's doing everything he can 
to fulfill his promise to Jackson State. So my first question is, what are your thoughts about Dion moving from Jackson State to taking the Colorado job? And then we're going to get into that more intricate, layered conversation of what do you think about this backlash that he's receiving, especially from certain segments of the black community. So two parts. Give to me two parts. So I'm just going to start off with, first of all, I'm going to applaud Dion for what he's accomplished since he's been at Jackson State, right? He has took a program that went from 1-11 to 11-0, to uh, I believe. Um, Dion has instilled in those young men uh, discipline. He's instilled in those young men uh, a sense of worth. And he's also instilled in them young men that you can never stop but continue to strive to be better. What he's done is set the uh, the, uh, the 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 blueprint for coaches that are going to follow in his footsteps to always to strive to do more. Deion Sanders has stepped up to the plate to show you that you don't have limitations on just being a player, but you can um, blossom out to be a, a phenomenal coach and lead others to know that they can perform at the next level. Yeah, that's well said. yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a call out people that have trashed Dion's character for the things that he's done. And the reason why I'm calling them out is because based off of what J3 just said and what we talked about offline, this man took a job out of the, the doldrums, you know, an HBCU school that hasn't known, you know, prominence in many moons. And he accepted the job when many people thought that he was fail at even doing this. And in two and a half years, he turned the program around. He brought sponsorships. He brought the money in. He brought the TV. He brought the, the cachet. He brought the notoriety. And he proved that he could coach. And I told you guys, had he done the same thing for Morehouse College, I'll be jumping and praising off the top of the highest mountain because <laughs> I know where our football program has been, right? And yeah. for a, a Hall of Fame player to come in and to cut his teeth on a HBCU and put them on a map, of course he's done a lot to move the needle. Now it's up to the rest of the coaches or who comes after him to keep pushing that envelope forward. This is only the beginning, but people don't see it that way. And for a man to honor his contract, Brian Kelly, and stay with his team through their bowl game or through their championship game to make sure that they know that he is fulfilling his full commitment. I appreciate that. And people can't get mad. The other schools taking advantage of the portal. The other schools taking advantage of NIL. So why can't Dion also take advantage of the same things that are put out there to quote unquote level the playing field? Now, I would tell you this. I think Colorado is a dumpster fire, and I'm not sure if he can turn that around. I've been on the record to say that. I thought he should have waited for either Florida State or Texas A&M or even Texas because I think all of those jobs will be open very soon. So I applaud him for the efforts that he has put forward to put together. But people knew his personality. You knew him when he was on television. You knew when he was a player. You didn't think he was going to bring the same personality to coaching at Jackson State. So stop hating on the man because he did an actual, actually great job at that when many people thought that he could. 
Yeah, Let, let's talk about the Colorado job because I was on record with you, Professor J, and said that Colorado's a dumpster fire. They've been a dumpster fire for almost two decades now. But now I understand why Dion, Coach Prime, went to Colorado. They are totally revamping how they do things at the university to get him in there. So he's getting a, a measure of control similar to what he had at Jackson State at Colorado. That is something he wouldn't be able to get necessarily going to a Texas A&M, a Florida State, where the big boosters are in major control. University of Colorado is changing their transfer admission process because they don't have a general studies program. So it was hard for especially students to transfer into Colorado and get all their credits accepted. So they literally changed that. They added an NIL collective and have started to put that together to raise money so students would get the NIL money. Dion has full autonomy on his coaching staff and his program. Dion is the highest paid coach that they've ever had at the University of Colorado. And for you people to say why Dion left Jackson State and how bad it is, let me give y'all some late brunt numbers. Break it down, Father. Break it down. Deion Sanders was getting paid $300,000 a year at Jackson State. That's a lot of money for most of us. Strength and conditioning coordinators at Power 5 schools make more than Dion was making as a head coach. Mm, mm, mm. These are people who aren't coaching. These people that coach the players to lift weights and train them to get their bodies in shape. Some of them make almost a million dollars a year. Mm, mm, mm. Not only was he only making $300,000, his first year at Jackson State, that half year that I talked about earlier, where they only played six, six games, he donated half of his salary, so $150,000 of his salary, to Jackson State so they could complete the football facility for the locker rooms and the coaches. Mm-hmm. So he only made $150,000 the first year. these last two years where he's won the championship, where he increased attendance at the, not only Jackson State, every arena they went to this year, they increased their attendance by a minimum of 15 to 20,000 people. That's money directly into the pockets of those universities, wherever they went. His buyout clause at Jackson State, he has to get $300,000 of that $600,000 that he made over the last two years back to them. J3 mentioned he brought in advertising. He brought in sponsorships. They have deals for years with that university. So he's brought in millions of dollars to Jackson State, and people are hating on Dion because he wants to not only for him's sake, his coaches. If Dion was making $300,000, how much were his assistant coaches making? Now he has a $5 million budget for his assistant coaches mm-hmm. per year. Mm-hmm. And he went from $300,000 to $5.5 million his first year with $200,000 bumps each year over the first four years. Come on, folks. Tell me which one of y'all are not going to take 
not a hundred percent jump in your salary, 15 time increase in your salary <laughs> to do the same job with more resources and the people you work with can get paid more. Hmm. So yeah, let, let, let's dig into this, you know, this backlash that he's he's getting. People calling him a sellout. He really didn't care about the HBCUs. Here's another statistic for you folks. The average college football coach stays at his program for 3.8 years. Dion was at his program for three years. So he was just a year short of what the average is. They say he wasn't real swack. Hmm. He's going to do more damage to HBCUs with his leaving. No. I read a very, very good article in Forbes of all places about his move. Dion has put the map together on what other HBCUs need to do to go out and try to recruit former black athletes to come back to HBCUs to coach who may want to coach but aren't getting the opportunities and don't want to do the grunt work of being in a grad assistant or somewhere else and doing all this stuff at these primarily white institutions that will take them years and years and years to build up their cachet and actually come to an HBCU where they'll take less because they've already made money. They know they're giving back to their community and bring other people with them. Use the blueprint that he put out there. Get some of these players. Eddie George was the second one to come. You got a bunch of coaches who are coaching high school football right now just because they love the game. Former players. Get them to the HBCUs. They'll be able to recruit similar to Dion. Dion is his own thing, so he's nobody's gonna do it like Dion. But they can be do the same thing. You've got the blueprint. He put it out there. He's got ESPN on board to broadcast HBCU games, even if it's on ESPN three. They weren't even on that before. So, in my opinion, everybody's hating on Dion. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. He's done more for HBCU athletics in his two and a half seasons there than most people have done their whole career at an HBCU. And he's brought a, a spotlight to get more of these HBCU players opportunities to possibly make it to the next level to NFL. And that he's also shown that we have pride in our communities and we support our communities when we put a put good product out there and that we'll sell out 40, 50,000 seat arenas. I'm sorry. All right, I'm done. <laughs> nah, you on it. That's good stuff. Right, right. This one needs to be heard. So, yeah, everybody on Dion, y'all need to stop. And anybody say they're going to take a 15 time increase in salary and have their boys and their friends all get raises of. 300 to 400% of their current salaries minimum, and you're not going to take the job, stop. Yeah, in the the narrative that he uses as a stepping stone. Okay, pick any coach at any school that's below where they eventually go. It's all a stepping stone. Yeah. And he's already 
signed. It's not until the 2025 class, but one of the top 25 players, a cornerback, already to Colorado. And trust me, he's going to have a bunch of players coming from the transfer portal who want to be a part of that atmosphere. Y'all see how much fun his students are having? Mm-hmm. His players. And if you think that it's all show, please watch some of the video of Dion when he's just talking to his players of what he expects, what they have to do, some of the stuff. All of his players got to sit in the front row. And if they're not in the front row, he's telling their teachers to let them know. All of them have tutors to help them with their grades. Dion graduated. It was only there for two and a half years. Dion graduated. 90% of the players is eligible to graduate. Come on now. Dion is a prime example of a leader compared to a manager. If you don't know what the difference is, just look at Dion. Good point. Good point. All right. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Let's go to the football, fellas. Number one, Georgia did what it does. I mean, they dominated LSU 50 to 30 in the SEC title game. It wasn't even that close. It was 35-10 by the second quarter. Game was over. They just coasted from there. Uh, But I do want to point out, their starting quarterback, Stetson Bennett, is eight eight months older than Lamar Jackson. Mm. Yeah, y'all got that. He's eight years older than Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. He's 25 years old. So uh, one of my good friends said, I ain't watch a lot of college football, but this quarterback for Georgia just looks so poised and all that. I say, sure, he's 24, <laughs> and I was off. He's 25. <laughs> <laughs> so that is an advantage. That man been in college for seven years. Uh, you can't be mad at him for working the system. He did what he was supposed to do. Absolutely. And you know what's going to happen? And he a champion. <laughs> right. And probably going to win his second championship. And he's probably going to get a late-round draft choice and end up on somebody's practice squad for years and become a backup quarterback and make millions of dollars for the next 10 years in the NFL. Hey, he, he receiving a paycheck and staying healthy? Sounds like a good combination to me. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Michigan. I, I, I said earlier a few weeks ago that I thought they were the second best team in the country. They mm-hmm. easily beat Purdue. Michigan just plays a brand of football that most teams can't deal with. They are physical, tough. And now that they actually have a quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, who can throw a little bit with their running game, teams can't deal with that. So, I mean, Michigan's going to be a tough out in the college football playoffs. I think there's Georgia's number one contender to win this title in 2022. Michigan reminds me of how Penn State used to be years back. That's a good parallel, J3. That's a good parallel. They remind me of an SEC team eight, seven, eight years ago where they played hard-nosed defense, and they run the ball, and they pass when they have to. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the teams that kind of uh, 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 coughed it up a little bit. 
teams that had a chance to easily wrap up their place in the college football playoffs and got a little, mm-hmm. little tight. Are you talking mm-hmm. about TCU? Yeah, oh, yeah. TCU. <laughs> trailing, oh, they yeah. they trailed in more than half of their games this year and come back. Well, that that you know, that slipper didn't fit this time. They mm-hmm. lost to number ten Kansas State, thirty-one twenty-eight in overtime, and they should have lost in regulation because there was a bad call against Kansas State late in that game that allowed TCU to score to force the overtime. But I mean, TCU a good Big Twelve team. And I just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I Big Twelve team, <laughs> but because they were undefeated, and because they lost in their conference championship, they stayed at the number three position for the college football playoffs. So they will be in the college football playoffs, and they'll be the sacrificial lamb for the Michigan because. <laughs> I see no way they match up against Michigan's physicality. And they can't throw the ball against their defense. And they they expect their quarterback to be their primary rusher. Yeah, that doesn't add up real well. Then number four, USC. I was watching this game live. Choke. Choke. After the first – I don't know if it was a choke, J3. Choke. Their best player pulled his hamstring – Quarterback Caleb Williams, D.C. boy, D.C. native, he pulled his hamstring early in the second quarter on a scramble that he went down the sideline for like 40 yards. He probably should have only did it 30. He might not have pulled his hamstring. But once he pulled that hamstring, he continued to play, but he was never the same. And it went from a 17-3 lead to Utah scoring the next 24 straight points. Mm. And they end up outscoring USC 30-7 to in the second half. And, and once Caleb Williams couldn't run anymore, that was a whole different football game. So the loss eliminated USC from the Pac-12 and actually all of the Pac-12 from college football consideration. But considering that USC was 4-8 and eight last year and ended up the season at uh, number six in the country, with a brand new coaching staff where half of their people on their roster are transferred in this year, that was a hell of a season. So the lucky team of the week was Ohio State. They get mm. to sit at home, move up from number five to number four, and get into the college football playoffs. So uh, thanks to TCU and USC both losing, Ohio State got in over Alabama. And as I stated earlier, while Ohio State got boat raced by Michigan in Ohio State, the last game of the season, there's nothing Alabama can hang their hat on and say, we had great wins. They just barely beat Texas, and Texas starting quarterback got hurt in that game. When you lose two games, bit only by four points, and both of them at the end of the game, or four points combined, both at the end of the game, you still lost those games, especially the LSU one. The LSU one was a mm-hmm. bad loss. Mm-hmm. So I respect yeah. the Final Four with best team in the country, Georgia, second best team in the country, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. The committee made it easy. They, they didn't want 
Ohio State to be number three because they didn't want them to match up with Michigan again and then have Michigan boat race them again. So they're going to let Georgia do that. And they can say, well, Georgia's the best team in the country. It's no big deal. And then, but that'll soften up Georgia a little bit for, I think, Michigan because they're two different types of offenses that they got to deal with in a short amount of time. But I still think Georgia wins another national championship. What's your thoughts, J3? Well, let me just say this. I I still believe in the Buckeyes. And and I think they have an opportunity of beating Georgia. So I'm not going to say that that's going to be an easy win for them. As far as Michigan and uh, TCU goes, uh, yeah, I I definitely see Michigan uh, giving it to them. Um, But if it's Michigan and and Ohio State in the the, uh, the, uh, championship, I still got the Buckeyes. I mean, I, I know Michigan going hard, but I still think they got a chance. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. You and Sense would love to see Michigan. They got a shot. I'm not saying it's a shot. I think the college football committee did everything they could do to help Michigan out. Like I said, give them Ohio State because Georgia should have got TCU, and that'd have been easy game over second quarter. And they can mm-hmm. coast the rest of the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So playing Ohio State, they're going to have to show up and play. And they're going to have to play hard. And just like Alabama had players get injured in the uh, semifinals last year, you never know. You could, Somebody could get injured. I hope that doesn't happen. But just to go from a high-octane offense to a power football team the following week is a tough for them, so. Uh, the Heisman Trophy ceremony will be this Saturday. Two things happen this Saturday. First, we got to take our hats off and give honor to the annual Army-Navy game. This Saturday, 3 p.m., it's going to be a CBS. Um, the young men that play in this game sacrifice to su- support and protect our country, but they still enjoy football. So I, I watch this game every year and make it a point to see and support these young men. And then later on in the night, you got the Heisman Trophy winner, which the ceremonies become a QB ceremony. Who's the best QB? Um, four finalists, a Georgia quarterback, 25-year-old Stetson Bennett, TCU quarterback Max Dugan, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, and the most likely winner, USC quarterback Caleb Williams. If you look at the stats, Caleb Williams beats all of these dudes in stats. He's got more touchdowns, more yards, at least as good a percentage and all that. And considering he went to a new team that's got more transfers than anything else and got them to where they got to, I think he should win the Heisman Trophy. I get all that big rage, but who you really <laughs> think it's going to go to? No, I think that's it's going to go to Caleb Williams. Oh, you actually honestly think it's going to go to him? I think it's going to okay. go to Caleb Williams. So, anyway, that's him. Bennett sneaks that joint? Right. Nah. Because okay. of, of, of being the Georgia's quarterback? Everybody knows Georgia's defense stirs that drink for that team. Okay. Even this year, even with all the players they lose, they lost, Georgia's defense is the one that makes that team go. And Stetson Bennett has some just mediocre games this year, and Georgia still won. Caleb Williams had to carry his team because USC's defense, quite honestly, isn't that good. Mm. We know Lincoln Riley has never 
been able to put together good defenses even when he was at Oklahoma. So he carried that team offensively. So so you mm-hmm. think Stroud's loss to Michigan took him out of the running? The way they lost, yep. Okay. okay. I, I still think he'll be second. I think it'll be Williams, Stroud, Dogan, Bennett. Mm. Time will tell right. what happens. Yeah, we will see Saturday night. So let's hit this NFL news before we get up out of here. Every couple of weeks or so, I've been giving you guys my tears on what I think, you know, are the best teams in the NFL based on how they've been playing. I had to make some adjustment to my NFL tears. The NFL elite teams for the two or three times I've talked about it, it's only been two teams. One in the AFC, one in the NFC. I had to modify that. It's not three teams. Oh, and I know who you're going to say. I already know it. It's still the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC, the only NFC team. And the AFC team now has two teams, Kansas Kansas City City Chiefs and and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Yep. Yep. Go ahead and talk about the fourth one. Those are the only elite teams I see in the NFL. The Super Bowl contenders, teams that can still win the Super Bowl, they're just not quite elite. The NFC adds two more teams, the Minnesota Vikings and Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I give them their props and their respect. Mm -hmm. And I think the AFC adds two teams, the Buffalo Bills and Miami. So I think there's only seven teams legitimately that I think can win the Super Bowl this year. 49ers might have been in that list. Until they lost their starting, their second starting quarterback mm-hmm. <laughs> of the season, so they went from Super Bowl contenders, which I had them in the last list. Now they're just a playoff team, along with the Bucks and the Seahawks. All three of those teams going to make the playoffs in the uh, NFC, and I think it's going to come down to whoever wins the New York Giants and the uh, uh, Washington game winning Week 15. Whoever wins that game is going to have the inside track to get to seven seed. And I think those are the only teams that can get into the playoffs in the NFC. Thought- so Dallas troubles me because it's all this talk about Odell Beckham Jr., the way they just in the second half just dismantled the Colts. And it just pains me to see the Cowboys to be in contention for a Super Bowl. But I just believe that they – we talked about choking early on. I think they're the biggest <laughs> choke artist of the group that you labeled, labeled as being Super Bowl. No, seriously, as Super Bowl contenders, because I think when the bright lights on, whether they at home or away, that they just can't get it done in a playoff scenario or a situation. So I think they should enjoy their drinks now, because when it comes down to it, they'll get in the playoffs and they'll lay an egg like they always do. But OBJ scares me. Because if he comes back and plays like he did in the Super Bowl, being that dog, oh man, I just, I just, I, I don't even want to envision it. I hope he goes to the Giants. Well, first of all, uh, Professor Jay, you got to realize even if he does get on the field, who's going to get him in the bowl? Oh, <laughs> wow. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Just, a, yeah. just posing a question. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, the Dallas has concerns about OBJ's fiscal that they took to yesterday and that they've reviewed overnight. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to sign with Dallas. 
Bro, I hope he did. The stuff I'm hearing from the back from the grapevine is I think OBJ is going to sign with anybody. If he does sign with anybody, I don't expect Buffalo. him to play this year. I think he's going to sign with Buffalo if he does. Wow. I don't think he, I don't think he's going back to uh, the little people. Yeah, I think he did went to see the Giants out of respect. So yeah, and then the AFC Super Bowl contenders are the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins, along with Cincinnati and, and the Chiefs. I think those are the four legitimate teams. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the Ravens used to be in that segment, but I mean the Ravens got problems. I think they've what they've done for Lamar's chances of progressing as a elite NFL quarterback uh, is close to criminal. Uh, they tried to draft players, but they've drafted the wrong players. The players haven't got hurt, and they've never really developed that offense to incorporate a wide receiver properly. And I think over the next week or two, depending or three, depending on how many games Lamar misses with his knee injury. Just like last year, you saw how bad their offense was when they went one and five to end the season. I think you're going to see how really bad this offense is. And what Lamar does to win these games in this terrible offense is amazing. So you don't give Huntley no 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 credit at all with, with, with his skill set. I think he can he can uh continue the the uh the win percentage that they have. I mean He's using the same weapons that, that Lamar has, and I think he's just as good as Lamar. He didn't do it last year. Jay three. So why going to do it this year? J3 to score in the nine. That was a putrid game to watch. Oh, my gosh. He had to score last-moment touchdown. That was really what he does best, rushing the ball. But he's no Lamar Jackson. He don't throw like him. I mean, he tries to run like him, but I don't think that offense – is any good outside of Andrews, man. They they really don't have nothing that stir that coffee, man. That, mm. I, I don't see it. I, I just don't. Yeah, yeah. And to say he's just as good as Lamar, I think is a, a, a slap in the face to Lamar. Lamar got a unanimous MVP, bro. Okay. Lamar's like 45 and 16. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm saying is okay. If, if they turn it around. And they end up making the playoffs. I want to hear the same same commentary in a few more weeks. Let me look at their schedule, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> schedule. Nah, they got an easy schedule, and I still don't think it's going to matter because their offense is trash, and I think we'll see how trash their offense is. BJ, I agree with you. Yep, yeah. he sure did. He sure now, did. Now, the last two playoff spots in the uh, AFC are going to come down to the Chargers and the Raiders when they play and the Patriots and the Giants when they play. But none of them teams going to win anything. Mm-mm. The biggest news, again, I mentioned a little earlier, 49ers QB Jimmy Garoppolo breaks his ankle or foot in the first half. I mean, you talk about a dude that's got bad luck, <laughs> can't get through a season. Now you understand why they drafted Trey Lance and was trying to get mm-hmm. rid of this dude. Mm-hmm. They like him. The teammates love him but he can't finish the season. Mm. Sounds like somebody the commanders picked up, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Apparently, none of their quarterbacks can finish a season. Purdy better mm. be. <laughs> yeah, Purdy better be be on the lookout because, yeah, yeah, Mr. Irrele- Irrelevant, yeah. which means the last pair drafted 
in the NFL draft, seventh round, very last player, quarterback Brock Purdy of Iowa State is now the starting quarterback for the 49ers and be the starting quarterback for for the rest of the season. I, I hate but to I got, do this, fellas. Don't, don't kick me off the show. But what about Cam Newton? Nah. They, they've already brought in their backup. Uh, they signed Mr. Uh, Great Glass when you need it. Um, former I did coach. see that this evening. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Josh, Josh Johnson. Yeah, Josh Johnson. Yeah, Mayfield went to um, the Lakers. I mean, uh, the Rams. Yeah, he went to the Rams. Yeah, he went to the Rams. Yeah, 49ers ain't bringing nobody who's not going to follow the script. One thing, Josh Purdy, and Josh Purdy is a decent player. He was big, he was um, all Big 12 conference three times. Two, his last two years, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) His last two years, he was a first team all Big 12 as a quarterback. And then I think his sophomore year, he was second team. So, the, the dude can play the position a little bit. And it's not, we all know the 49ers, or better yet, Kyle Shanahan's offense isn't quarterback dependent. Run our plays the way we want to, hand the ball off, quick, short passes to our weapons. Mm-hmm. And with them adding Christian McCaffrey, that's going to make that job a lot easier. So they still going to be scary. If they stay healthy. Yeah, if they lose another quarterback, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, and we talked earlier, Lamar Jackson has a, uh, they call it a sprained PCL, which means it's, he got a partially torn PCL in his knee. So he's week to week. Uh, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford was ruled out for the remainder of the season due to a neck injury. He's not going to play anymore. Uh, and the other big one, uh, rookie running back Kenneth Walker, the Seattle Seahawks sprained his foot, and they say it's a weird injury, so he may not be able to get back for the rest of the year. Glad you jumped on, since We get ready to talk this NFL football. Um, there are three big games this week that I think we need to hit on. A game that hardly nobody's talking, on, talking about in the main media, but was most impressive to me, the Eagles dominated the Titans. 35 mm-hmm. to 10. Titans division leading team. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they took away the Eagles running game. And all Jalen Hurts did yep. was drop 380 yep. yards on him in three teams. And in the process, he's shutting up everybody that keep claiming that he can't pass that ball. And AJ Brown was a straight monster again yeah. against yeah, that former team. Yeah, that was his definitely his get back game. He mm-hmm. he showed out eight catches. Sure. And what was good is the Eagles let him show out. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they threw him the ball 12 times. He had eight catches, 119 yards, two TDs. So yeah, I'm not even surprised. I I, I knew they were gonna go in and dominate against the Titans. It was definitely a get-back game. They had a lot to prove. So, yeah. The NFC East is looking quite uh, competitive this year, if I do yeah. say so myself. Quite formidable. I will agree. It's crazy. They said, I don't think it's ever happened that all four teams from one division got into the playoffs. Yeah, because it, it was only available when they expanded it to seven. Yeah, yeah. That could happen. 
So there is still a shot, but I think it would take Seattle to fall apart for that to happen. You hear that, BJ? (laughs) (laughs) Gino playing like he's trying to uh, make a name for himself. Gino playing for a three- to five-year contract where he can get paid $30 million a year and be an inexpensive starting quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention comeback player of the year. Absolutely. The way he's throwing that ball, I mean, he's not forcing it at all. He's looking at all options before he delivers a pass to his receivers. He's doing he's doing work this year. He's definitely playing doing smart. work. Definitely playing smart. Talk you, about you're not gonna give comeback player of the year to Deshaun Watson. He had to play a whole season to win comeback player of the year. There you go with the jokes. There you go with the jokes. But talk about a quarterback that looked calm and cool and just delivering the ball. Yo, Joe Burrow. Yeah, cool Joe. He done mm-hmm. got over that appendectomy that he had to have uh, right before preseason started. The offensive line that they basically bought, re-engineered with four new starters is finally coming together. And something that people don't talk about, the Cincinnati Bengals defense, you can score on them on the first half most of the time. But once they figure out what you're trying to do to them, they either over. over slow you down completely or shut you out in the second half. They are a problem. And they beat the Chiefs for the third time in a calendar year. Man, mm. I love it. Love it, love it. So the Chiefs are still good. But Cincy is coming now. And they yeah, still don't have their best running back. Mixon is still in concussion protocol. So they're going to add a running back to it. And they just Man. got their top wide receiver back this game. And he wasn't 100%. So imagine when they're, they're 100%. Bengals are just showing that they're not scared of, uh, of the Chiefs, plain and simple. And they're taking it yeah. to them every game. Yeah, and this is the time of year I love when things start getting like super competitive and it's like you know vying for that uh for that uh spot. So yeah, yeah come on. Mahomes was pissed. It's the first time he lost in a number of years in November and December. Yeah, and it's like it ain't what he doing because he had a good a decent game. Yeah, he it's had like a good game, y'all yeah. got to show up <laughs> right. and his defense yeah. got to stop somebody. Yeah. But that's always been their problem, though. Truth be told, if you pay attention to the games that they've won, it's always the defense, defense that's giving up defense. more points than the right. offense are um, producing. Yeah, I agree. Then we say uh, this is going to be the new uh, Manning and Brady, Mahomes and Burrow. Still Absolutely. too early, but that's what it's trending toward. Hey, don't leave out Josh Allen. Speaking of Josh Allen, the Bills Ooh. beat the Patriots 24 to 10, and I think they switched the gear. Buffalo's actually running the ball pretty decent. For the last mm-hmm. three games, they've rushed over 160 yards a game, and that's not been Josh Allen running for 80, 90, and the running backs running. The running backs have actually been leading the way on that. So yeah. I think they're figuring out their playoff football, but we will see. A team that would have been scary until Jimmy G got hurt. Man, the 49ers defense is ridiculous. We talked about Dallas defense in the beginning of the year. What the 49ers defense is doing now, they've given up one score in the second half in the past four games, 
And that was against Miami this past week on a broken play with Cheetah got, got bombed and got a bomb. Other than that, they shut Miami offense down and had Tua running around like he was scared. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. If they can get decent quarterback play from Mr. Purdy, they still going to be a problem because that defense is playing. They they remind me, they're the closest thing to those elite defense that the Ravens had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh. Chicago, Pittsburgh, those teams with we, – if you get 10, you you lucky. <laughs> so mm-hmm. all we got – Score seventeen, and we gonna win most of the games. So, yeah. Shout out to the Vikings. Got to give respect. They ten and two, but the Jets should have won that game. The Jets had a wide receiver drop the game leading (laughs) touchdown pass in the end zone, hit him right in his chest, and he dropped. Mm -hmm. So, but respect to the ten and two. And then what the Cowboys did, the Colts just imploded in the fourth quarter. That mm. game was 19. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. They trash. 20, Colts, 20, trash. Yeah. Going into the fourth quarter, and they scored 33, let them score 33 points in the fourth yeah. quarter with a six, and then a, a strip sack that they gave the ball on the five-yard line, then another interception and another fumble. So, I mean, the Colts imploded, but Cowboys are 9-3. They look good. For y'all Cowboy fans out there, they are a very good team, but their problem still is if they play a physical team that can run the ball, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, San Francisco, that's going to be a, a matchup problem. Just yeah. it's being realistic. Possible. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. And we got to give a shout out to the old man, 45 year old Tom Brady. Man. This man was down 16 to 3 with less than five minutes to go last night and ended up winning 17 16. Come on. Man, how they getting in that dude, and... man? Man. Yeah, I don't know how to stinks. Man. Defense. I'm just mad they're going to get a playoff spot at 6 and 6. They had him in check the whole game and let him do his end of the game heroics. I couldn't believe it. Defense. Yeah. 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 Well, whoever come out that division getting smashed, whoever win that yep. division. Hey, BJ, I, I, I think that the Dolphins might lose two weeks from now against the Bills. That's going to be a tough game because it's going to be at the Bills. But I think they beat the Chargers. The Chargers. Uh, joke. All that mm-hmm. talent they got, Ooh, and they're just a 500 team. Mm. I, I think the Dolphins put it on the Chargers this week. Mm-hmm. Chargers got to get rid of their coach, man. They'll be fine. Yeah, what's up? Stanley, yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah, speaking of that game, there are some intriguing games this week. Unfortunately, it's another staking for Thursday night game. Amazon got to be pissed. We paid $1.1 <laughs> for these games. I mean, they got the Raiders at the Rams. The trash bowl is what it should be called. Mm. Trash bowl. But I mean, Sunday, you got the Jets at the Bills. That's going to be a tough game for the Bills. Browns at the Bengals. Mm -hmm. 
Ooh, Kenny, he, 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 Deshaun he, he, Watson he, about to get another one handed to him. Ooh, yeah, I, I think the Bengals gonna put it on him, but maybe he worked out the rust in game one and be a little better. Vikings man, and Lions. As bad as the Texans were, they gave that game away, man. They should have beaten I agree. the Browns. I mm-hmm. agree. Vikings and Lions are another seeky game. The Lions have won three games in a row. Lions on the come up now. <laughs> and, and, and we know how the Vikings will play down to their level, so It'll be interesting. Eagles and Giants. The Giants well, got that's, a win. That's an intriguing one because nah, I mean, that, that's a win. The Giants that's lose man. this one. They tied with us, which makes for a very, very good Sunday so, so prepare night. prepare for them to lose. They're going to lose. Yeah. yeah. Ravens without Lamar Jackson at the Steelers. Is there any way Mike Tomlin can figure out how to get the nine and eight? With this team, <laughs> never know. Time will tell. Man, he, right. he knows yeah, you how to do count it. Out That's the you can, you can <laughs> never count out the steel. They'll saying. sneak up on you. <laughs> Tampa Bay's got to go to the 49ers now. That would have been an easy game for the 49ers, but now Tampa Bay, then I mean, 49ers don't have a quarterback. And Tampa mm-hmm. Bay's got some tape on this young fella so they can actually prepare for him. Mm-hmm. Mr. Purdy. Mm-hmm. And then your Monday night game is, yeah. Almost a stink of Patriots at Cardinals. So, mm. <sighs> thank goodness it's our last week for buys. The Bears, Colts, Fat Falcons, Packers, Saints, and Washingtons are all on bye weeks, and then after this, no more bye weeks. So, yes, it yes. is that time, fellas. We made it through another show. Uh, glad you could jump on at the end, since Professor Thanks. Jay. Glad you and Jalen could could join us this evening. Doing your girl dad duties, yeah. Night, night. Yeah, she knocked <laughs> out. Looking, looking uh-huh. beautiful. So, uh-huh. let's go and get on out of here and give our uh, final post of the evening. J three, why don't you start us? Real quick, man. I want to say a shout out to Jay Manny, also known as my goddaughter Justice. She is graduating on third. Oh, I'm sorry, on Friday. No, oh, yeah, Friday. She's graduating on Friday. From Jackson State University. Yay. Yeah, so she got to ride the prime time coattails for her two mm-hmm. years there at Jackson State. So yeah, she got just in time. Perfect <laughs> time. And now she out of there just like he is. <laughs> Jay Minnie, you should have got us an interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Professor Jay, what you got for us? Yeah, just asking that you guys keep my dad in your prayers, and uh, I truly appreciate that. Will do. Always praying for all of y'all families, but I'll put a special prayer out for your pops. Wish him a speedy recovery. Amen. Sense, what you got for me? Um, Echoing the sentiments um, of a professor for my cousin Brad. Um, Prayers up for you. Safe and speedy recovery. And uh, professor, I know you're going to love this. I want to give a happy birthday shout out to your boy, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, as he has <laughs> birthday today. Thank you, <laughs> How old is he today? 28. That's uh, crazy. It seemed like he's been I in know, the league for 15 years. <laughs> right. He yeah, just hit his physical prime yet. He's literally yeah, he just hit his physical prime. <laughs> and that's, um... that's crazy. <laughs> I like to... Uh, point out something. I, I had a, a lunch date with two of my sisters over the weekend and a, a point got brought up by one of my sisters. 
I would suggest to all of you, reach out to your, your family, your close friends, especially those who you know have lost loved ones during the holiday season. This holiday season is a very tough time, especially when you have somebody who's lost somebody right around a holiday. So just, just look out for them, hit them up, check on them, because the holiday seasons get sad when your loved ones are gone. I know Christmas has never been the same since my mom died, even though she died in the spring. That was her favorite holiday. So Christmas hasn't been the same since she's been gone. So look out for your family and friends. Check on them, especially those who you know have lost somebody around the holiday season because it can be a dark, gloomy time for them. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate your time and opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. We're here each and every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for our live show. We appreciate you tuning in, checking out. Thank you to all of our guests and our family members for uh, posting comments. We appreciate that. Um, if for some reason you can't catch the live shows, we download this show and previous shows to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. It's Positions on Sports Talk Show. Just search that. Please like and subscribe when you go there. Subscription's free. We greatly appreciate that. Um, if you don't like that and you prefer the podcast platform, we upload our shows to the podcast. So, again, Positions on Sports Talk Show. Go to your favorite podcast platform. You'll be able to find previous shows. Just takes a little while for the newest shows to catch up. Thanks to Professor Jay. He's got many other duties that he handles, including Princess Jalen. So, but we get you taken care of. Love to hear from you. Hit us up on Facebook at Positions on Sports, Twitter at Positions on SBO1. Again, we appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The start of the holiday season is here. Be safe. Look out for each other. We'll see you next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Peace.